morning, everybody. Okay. I am basically going to teach what I was supposed to have taught a couple of weeks ago. If you remember that, my mom fell down in the hospital and broke her hip and everything. And so um, I don't know if we are continuing after this to teach on prayer, but that's what I'm going to talk about today. <coughs> okay. Uh, Southern word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for today, and um, I just pray, Lord, that uh, you be with us as as we go over this. Um, please let the uh, words I say be what you want me to say, and, and I just pray, Lord, that um, it makes sense and that um, it lines up with um, your word and your truth, and I just pray that um, you be with us at this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to say, talk about two or three things about prayer. And um, first thing I want to say is prayer is worship. <clears throat> I mean, we tend to think of worship like singing songs and all that kind of thing like that. But if, um, if you remember what Paul says in, in Romans, that basically your whole life is, is worship. Everything you do is worship towards God. At least it should be geared toward that way. Um so for me, prayer is, is acknowledging to the, to the creator of the universe that we need him and that only through him can anything be possible for us. So, so that, this may seem obvious, but um, prayer is not just a bunch of words you say to get a result. It's not like an incantation or something like that. It's not like the whole thing you see, like the genie say, open sesame and the doors come open. It's... It's not that kind of. It's not that kind of thing. Um, I believe everyone can pray, but God isn't necessarily obligated to answer or act on our behalf just because we said these words that sound like a prayer. Okay, the words we say should mean should mean something. So, <clears throat> my second point is, is that when we pray, we must do it with honesty. Um, in John 4, Jesus is talking to um, the Samaritan woman, and they're going on about this thing about where the Jews worship and where the Samaritans worship and all this. And, and he tells her, um, he tells the Samaritan woman that the Father is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And the quote is, for God is spirit, so, so those worshiping him must worship in spirit and truth. And Jeff talked about that a few weeks ago when he's doing his thing about he was seeking truth and all that kind of thing. Um, Jacob talked about how prayer is, is communication with God. And Quinn went a little further with that and said that, that it's a, a rapport, a close, harmonious, harmonious communication with God. Okay? So, okay. So, I, I guess... Um, is, is our approach when, we, when we're praying, is it, are we approaching God as if he's uh, just like this cosmic Santa Claus who will give us whatever we want? Or is our approach is that we're one of his servants and knowing that, um, that all things through him consist? If we're, if we're not praying honest, honestly, being completely honest with God, I would say that, I would say your prayers won't be answered. Or at least... They won't be answered in a way 
that we will see that they're being answered. And I'm kind of talking about things like, um, like, I guess thing I, I could say is like, uh, like, like an addiction. If you have an addiction or you have a problem forgiving somebody or you, you judge people, and your prayer may be something like, you know, God, please take this away from me. I, I, I know it's wrong. I don't want to be that way. And I, and I think we think that the result should be that, bam, it's done. And we don't want to put forth the work that, we, that we're supposed to do to, to accomplish that end. So I, I think it's important that we pray and we ask God to give us um, knowledge and guidance and everything on how to overcome these things. But I, but I know as far as for me, a lot of times when I pray about stuff like that, what I'm really asking God to do is I want you to do this for me because I really like being this way, but I know it's wrong, but I want you to change me, and I don't want to do anything. I don't want to have to do any of the hard work. I just want you to take it over, and then it's all. And, and, and that's the part about being honest with God. Um, <clears throat> I, think a, I think a lot of people create their own realities about what is actually true. Um, if you guys remember the one um, episode of Seinfeld, where Jerry is watches this little cheesy TV show, and he's dating this this woman cop, and he and she asks if he watches this show, and he goes, "I've never seen it," and she knows he's lying, and so she she challenges him to be hooked up to the lie detector machine to test it, and he's and he's all he's all worried because he knows he's going to fail because he loves this show, but he don't want her to know, and he realizes that his friend George is like the greatest liar ever, so he is the guy to get the information how to how to beat the, the thing and so they're going through their thing and, and george is going i can't teach it there's no way and all that and so jerry kind of gives up and as he's walking out of the diner george goes just remember it's not a lie if you believe it and i think a lot of people live their life that way that they know that <clears throat> what they're doing is wrong but they they justify how it is and they kind of it's it becomes their reality which makes it their truth and, and then when they pray, they pray to God, and God is truth, and God cannot lie. And, and look at it this way. It's like if you're having a conversation with somebody, and say I'm talking to you, and, and I'm, I'm just lying to you. You know I'm not telling you the truth. But I believe it's the truth, but you know it's not true. That is not a harmonious rapport between two individuals. So when we're, if we pray to God that way, believing knowing that something is wrong but still you know you know what i'm getting at you're, you're not being honest with god and i don't think god can work with you until you're completely honest with him and honest with yourself um our resident um philosopher rob kelly put on facebook a few weeks ago about learn to always love the truth even when you hate what it brings more than the lies you love I don't know if that's apropos for this, but it sounds like it is, so I'm going with it. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about my prayer life. Because I'm I I think I'm terrible at praying. I go to bed at night and, and thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, and I fall asleep. And so what I do is, is throughout the day, 
things will happen. Somebody will pop in my mind or something, and I'll just say a little short prayer for them, you know, bless them, Lord, or um, or maybe it's just something. I mean, a lot of times I'll do something where, like, if I'm if I'm if I barely slip on the ladder or something almost happens, I always just thank God for not being a disaster or hurting or anything like that. So, and I consider those prayers at least, at least they're they're acknowledgement that. You know, maybe God is, I feel God is watching over me and everything. Um, but I've but I've always been kind of taught way back when I was doing the whole Baptist church thing about prayers going to be these real long, drawn-out things, and if you can't pray long, then you're not really talking with God and all that. And, and I thought about this verse this morning. And it's actually from a, it's, it's used in a song, but I think it, it, it I think it's appropriate for this. And it's Ecclesiastes 5.2, and it says, <clears throat> Don't make rash promises, and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven, and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. And, and I don't know, I may be taking that out of context, but for me, it, it works. It makes it, it makes it sound like that God wants to know what the truth is and to be honest with him. And, and I think if you're, if you, even in any conversation you have with people, if you just lay out the facts and what is true, they're not real long conversations. They're kind of like, here's the point, and it's taken care of. Um, okay, so I, one thing you need to know is I pretty much base everything on my life, on how I live life and how things work and everything, from what the Bible says, at least how I interpret what the Bible says about stuff. So everything that I teach from here, we're always I can always at least go to the Bible and, and back it up. And um, so I've chosen to believe that the Bible, we, for proclaiming believers of Jesus, is our source of truth. That's where we find what, what is truth. Um, so I've chosen to believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and that's what where the truth is. Okay? Not that any kind of other philosophy and stuff can't have truth in it, but usually if it is true, it's because it already lines up with the Bible says anyway, so... That's kind of my thing. So, my so the next question would be, to whom are we praying to, or to whom are you praying to? Are you actually trying to communicate with the one true God, or are you are you saying words out into the heavens, hoping that some abstract being hears them? Okay. Can you pray to any God and still reach the real God? It's 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 popular. To believe in this day and age that any God is God because all gods represent God. There's a lot of people believe that. Uh, I was telling Nancy last night about before I met her, I was kind of seeing this one woman. We went out two or three times, but she got talking to me about her belief in God. And she basically said that if you pray to this chair here and you really mean it, it goes, it gets to God. And that's all that really matters. It's sincerity. It has nothing to do with a personal relationship or anything like that. It's just that if you really mean you really, you really mean that you're praying to something, then that something will hear you, and that's all that really matters. So it was like my last time I saw her, and <coughs> well, okay, because the Bible teaches that there is only one God, and it's all over in the Bible. But I'll, I'll read this one. This is a very, if you know anything about church stuff, you you've probably heard this verse, and I didn't mark it for some reason. It's Mark 12. It's also in Deuteronomy somewhere too. 
but it is one, twelve, twenty-nine. The most, and Jesus, they're talking about what the most important commandments are, and Jesus replied, "The most important commandment is this: Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength." So, the Bible is pretty clear that there is only there's only one God. Um, there's a, also a story in the Old Testament about uh, a, a prophet named Elijah. And he has this contest with these other prophets from another, another religion. Okay? And the whole thing is about whose God is real and, and all that and everything. And, and the third God is called Baal, B-A-A-L. And, of course, God is God. And God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so they have this contest, and, and the prophets of Baal do their, their dance and their chants, and they do all their things to try to get their God to light this altar on fire. And nothing's, hap- and nothing's happening and everything, and Elijah makes fun of them. And, and so they start, like, cutting themselves and everything, trying, you know, this is their form of worship and their form of prayer to, their, to this God. And they go through all this, and, of course, nothing happens, and Elijah just... He does these, these other things about making it really hard to catch us on fire, but he just says a simple prayer, and fire comes down, burns everything up. The point I'm making on this is is that, obviously, one point you get from that story is it's not that our God or Elijah's God is better than their God. It's that they don't have a God, okay? And, and if the... And if the assumption is that you can pray to any God and it goes to the God, that story kind of blows that out of the water because if that's the case, then God would have burned up their altar too. So obviously there's a connection between praying to the actual legitimate God as opposed to just praying to any God. Um, and we can, But we can make other gods, other idols. I mean, people will like, you know, people, they, they don't necessarily kneel down to the altar of their job or their boyfriend, girlfriend, wife's kids, family, whatever that kind of thing is. But you can also make that the priority of your life as opposed to God. Um, oh, you ready? <laughs> but so far, my, my two points have been, or my three points have been that Prayer is worship, and and that we need to be honest about it. And I didn't t- I didn't tell you about that. This is this is this is really what got me on this. Um, I was talking about my prayer life. When I first found out that my dad had lung cancer, okay. Um, of course, I'm upset about it and everything, and my family's upset. And I, I remember, and I remember like really struggling with. I mean, I know it's normal to be upset that a potent, the, the death of a, a potential death of a family member is is bad, and it's okay to be sad about that. But I was I was like really struggling with it more than I really thought that I should because of my faith. I mean, I I knew that I should be okay with. Can you not hear me? No. Did I turn myself off? No. But I, I was struggling a lot more with 
with it than I thought that I should. I mean, I knew I should have like the normal, you know, being upset with the fact that I may lose my dad and all this. And, but there was just something about the way I felt didn't feel, it didn't seem to mesh to me with what my, how my faith should be or how I should handle it. But I remember one night though, I was praying and I was laying in bed praying and I was, and I was doing what a good Christian does when you pray. You say, um, you know, Lord, I, Lord, I want you to, uh, to heal my dad. Let the, or the doctor be able to heal. You know, this, you know, I'm not ready for him to leave yet or anything like that, but whatever, whatever happens, Lord, it's okay. Whatever, whatever your will is. And it dawned on me right there. It's like, that is not true at all. I do not believe that whatsoever right now. I want my dad to live. I don't care really what your will is. I want my dad to live. And it was like, almost immediately, I had like this peace come over me because I think it's just that God was able to deal with me then because I was actually being honest about how I felt about the situation. Um, and and it's, it's really strange because we talked about doing this thing about doing prayer, what, like six weeks ago? And the day we were sitting there talking about it, the whole thing about being honest popped in my head. And I, I don't know why. And but this is before you knew about my dad, I think, too. So it's like, and so it's, it's really kind of cool how God works things out. But I, 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 but that's the one that really kind of made me believe that, you you know, of course, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. You have to be honest with God. But I think a lot of us just aren't honest because we, we know what the, the steps are when you pray. about Not my will, but yours. But do you really believe that? Do you really feel that's what you want to happen? And I know in this case with my dad, as soon as I was honest about it and told God, I really don't want your will done in this case. I, I do, but I don't. It was like God's will was here, but at the time my dad living was up here, it was, it was still much higher than God's will. So a little personal insight on me. All right, so we're talking about um, other gods, other idols, um, how some people want to believe that whatever you pray to, as long as it's, you know, you're sincere, it goes to God and everything. Um, there's a story in Acts when the Apostle Paul is in Greece and, and the people in Greece at the time there's all philosophers and Stoics and all that and they like to debate and argue and not, not argue but I mean they, they like to discuss different philosophies and beliefs and all that kind of thing and so Paul shows up in, in Athens and he's talking to some people and he's talking about resurrection and stuff and they think he's a, he's a babbler and he's an idiot and all this other stuff but so they take him to um basically uh, they take him to mars hill which is just a hill there and and he and he and he goes through this thing where he talks to um the, the council that is there and and here's and here's what he says um Are we good? Okay. <clears throat> so Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. 
This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. In human hands cannot serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards, toward him and find him, though he is not far from us and any, from, from any of, one of us. For in him we live and, more, and move and exist. As some, of you, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen for gold or silver or stone. <clears throat> and as I was reading this, you can, I think it's, I think it's okay to, 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 he obviously is talking about sculptures made to represent a, a God or an idol or something. But I, I think it's okay to go ahead because I think we all know some people who are so wrapped up in either some part of their life that that is their main thing in life is is that like i said be it their jobs or family something that a hobby it, it doesn't matter what it is the, so okay and so i i feel by the sheer fact that that if you hear a message that tells you that god is the most important thing and you don't go after that you you know you're wrong Okay, because I'm not going to sit here and say that people, and this might be controversial, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say that somebody who lives out in the middle of nowhere, who never ever hears anything about God or Jesus, is doomed. I, I or if they even live in a in a society that has a, a religion other than Christianity, if they've never heard anything about it, I I can't say. That I feel those people are, you know, condemned. I do think, though, that if you have heard the message of Jesus and you turn it down, it's a whole different story. Because once you once you hear the truth and you reject the truth, then it's all on you. Okay. Now I, I don't know how God handles people off in the jungles. I, I don't know. I, all, I, all I know is that the Bible teaches that once you hear the truth and you reject the truth, it's all on you. Okay. So verse thirty goes and starts off in. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. <clears throat> for he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. And who's he talking about there? Jesus. Okay. So, um, this isn't really anything deep or anything like that um but i i mean i i occasionally i'll run into people and they really they really do have this this thing about that god is just this thing in the universe floating around and and, it, and there's many ways to him um i i hope that the verse that we just read about god wanting you to repent and not overlooking ignorance once you hear the truth, I hope that um, hope it means something to you, whether it just makes you reconvicted or makes you convicted. Um, 
So, um, but I want to go ahead. Um, we have communion set up. I would like to have communion today. We haven't done it in a while. And so I will pray for that. And maybe Ryan can throw some music on or something. And we'll have communion. Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, all you do for us. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us seeks a closer a close relationship with you um i hope we come to the realization how much we really do need you and that it's through your son jesus that that is achieved um i know there's lots of other things out there that sound wise and they sound logical and they sound truthful but i know that um and Jesus said that he was the truth. And if we, if we believe anything about that, I, I hope that that's what we believe is that he is truth and that everything he says is, is how we should live our lives and how we should be guided in our daily affairs. Um, I thank you, Lord, for um, sending your son, um, for redeeming me, for redeeming us, those who have put our trust in him I thank you for the body that he gave and the body and the blood that he shed I thank you for um, how much you love us and how much you um, have gone out of your way to to buy us back how when we stray away from you you're still there to welcome us back and I just thank you, Lord, um, for being great. I mean, that maybe sounds kind of silly to say, but I think a lot of times I know I forget exactly how great you really are. And and I'm just thankful that, um, that all those years that I was away from you, that you were still there waiting for me, and I thank you for that. But as we take this communion, Lord, I pray that um, you bless it and that we, that we don't take it just for the sake of taking it, but that we take it because we truly believe that, that the body and the blood that you gave is what redeems us. And I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.